0: M.S.W. Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, May 20th, 2022. Today, the 1 6 Committee has evidence that Republican Barry Loudermilk gave a Capitol tour on January 5th. Wisconsin Democrats sue the fraudulent Republican Trump electors. Tucker Carlson asked Hunter Biden to help get his kid into Georgetown. Bill Barr agrees to give sworn testimony to the 1 6 Committee. And Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton refuses to disclose his address to the Texas Ethics Commission. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello, Dana. Happy Friday. Happy
1: Friday. There are so many sketchy little fuckers in our news block. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are quite a few sketchy fuckers. And uh, little sketchy little fuckers. that's their That's their rap name. that is. So yeah, and first of all, there are some other news I wanted to tell you about real quick. Ted Cruz has been slapped with a lawsuit for disbarment for trying to overturn the 2020 election by signing onto that Texas lawsuit. Love it that Ken Paxton, who you're going to talk about a little bit later. Mm -hmm. started and and a bunch of other Republican attorneys general signed onto that lawsuit. So he's being sued for disbarment. And today is May 20th. And a lot of this is a little no one's talking about this. The Department of Justice said in its court filing for pretrial detention for Enrique Tarrio that it expects to file a third superseding indictment against the Proud Boys by the end of May 20th. Oh, Uh, That's today. So, as of recording this episode Thursday evening, I haven't seen any superseding indictments, but we'll keep you posted. You know, they could have found more evidence and pushed that back. I don't know. We'll see. And also in the news, Bill Barr has agreed to testify under oath to the 1 6 committee. There's not a, a lot of detail about this. I know that Bill Barr previously met with the committee informally for a couple of hours, and I'm assuming they discussed what he knows and what he'd be willing to testify to. And the fact that he is testifying under oath means that the committee has something that they want to get him on the record saying and he's willing to say it. And I'm assuming that that is the fact that he told Donald Trump that there was no election fraud.
1: I would assume you're right, because I I hope it doesn't turn into a circus where, you know, some intelligent woman, possibly a black woman, is questioning him about an insurrection. And he responds with, I'm just grappling with the word insurrection or suggestion. I'm just grappling with the word (laughs)
0: that was yeah that was uh oh i know asking him but yeah about uh suggest you know and yeah i could see him be like what do you mean by insurrect what do you mean by insurrect (laughs) you know a coup insurrection like a chicken coop (laughs) treason yeah yeah i'm not i i i don't really understand the words but this is going to be something that's already agreed upon. He's not going to say anything that he doesn't want to say. And he has publicly said multiple times that he told Donald on multiple occasions that he fucking lost and there's no election fraud. So Absolutely. That goes toward the 1512C2, obstructing an official proceeding and, and 18 U.S. Code 371. A conspiracy to defraud the United States. It goes toward that because it shows that Donald Trump knew that he lost and continued to try to overthrow the election anyway. That goes to corrupt intent. And so that's probably why his testimony is important. So, And we'll
1: it's not just anyone. It's the Department of Justice at the time. It's not like Donald just asked the guy, you know, the Starbucks barista, do you think that I'm, you know, that the, the election was stolen? It was the Department of Justice telling him, no, you fuckwad, everything was legal.
0: Yeah, while the Pillow Man was telling him it wasn't exactly. Yeah. So mm, let's see, Attorney General Pillow Man, <laughs> Attorney General Pillow Man. You know, we're gonna go with the Attorney General, and you should, or or Kraken Lady. You know, yeah. who's under sanctions and is currently being sued for disbarment as well. Her or Bill Barr, and I'm not saying Bill Barr has any kind of fucking credibility oh, whatsoever. No. But he does in this case because he was Trump's lackey. So it's extra bad for him. Anyway, we'll see what happens. We're going to find out June 9th. We do have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. January 6th Select Committee says it has reviewed evidence that reveals a Republican lawmaker, namely Rep. Barry Loudermilk of Georgia, gave a tour through the Capitol complex the day before the mob attacked the Capitol. That was on January 5th. Quote, we believe you have information regarding a tour you led through parts of the Capitol complex on January 5th, 2021. That's Chair Benny Thompson in a letter and Vice Chair Liz Cheney to Loudermilk. Everyone today is who the fuck is Loudermilk? They're all Googling Rep Loudermilk today. Congressional investigators requested a meeting with Loudermilk next week. The committee noted that Republicans on the House Administration Committee who had previously reviewed security footage from that day, had publicly claimed there were no tours, no large groups, no one with MAGA hats on. The GOP comments called into question allegations made by three dozen Democrats in the days after the January 6th riot that they observed suspicious, unusually large groups, perhaps led by Republican lawmakers or staffers, walking around the Capitol complex in the days preceding the attack. Now, no evidence had emerged to support that view since then until now, leading Republicans to criticize the allegations as baseless and in bad faith. Loudermilk led a group of Republicans in criticizing Democrats for accusing them of leading reconnaissance tours through the Capitol and actually filed a complaint with the House Ethics Committee against the Democrats who said he gave a tour. Mm -hmm. The select committee noted that Loudermilk is a member of the House Administration Committee and said their review of the evidence directly contradicts your denials. (laughs) So to be clear, the committee has not revealed what evidence it has reviewed that contradicts the claim that Loudermilk made or that the, that, that the committee made, but they have evidence that Loudermilk gave a tour. I imagine we will learn about that during the hearings or they wouldn't have published the letter to Loudermilk. Those hearings begin June 9th, as I said. When reached for comment, Loudermilk said, quote, a constituent family with young children meeting their member of Congress in the House office buildings is not a suspicious group or reconnaissance tour. The family never entered the Capitol building, he says. Well, that sounds like complete bullshit to me, but even if that were true, Loudermilk said there were no tours given that day, so he lied. Absolutely. We'll see what's true next month.
1: And we definitely will. This is going to get, I think, very funny for us and not so much for him. Uh, We're heading down to Texas on this story. It's about the Attorney General, Ken Paxton. And Ken Paxton said, the state police made me do it. That's the excuse Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, gave on his Texas ethics disclosures in place of revealing, as required by law, the addresses of properties he owns in Austin and College Station. Now, this is a quote. Redacted for security purposes on request of TXDPS. The second-term Republican has written on every disclosure form since he began working as attorney general. That's what he wrote. Redacted for security purposes. Now, there are two problems with this statement nothing, nothing in the law allows him to refuse to provide addresses and none of the parties involved, which are the Department of Public Safety, Texas Ethics Commission, or Paxton's own office could produce any records proving such a request was ever made. This is a quote, the department doesn't have any record of making this request. And that's DPS spokesman Travis, (laughs) I know, (laughs)
0: Considine. So, so wait, Dana. We didn't ask you. So what are you saying? So he put. Redacted for security purposes on request of the Texas Department of Public Safety. And the Texas Department of Public Safety said we didn't make that request. Correct. Okay, yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. There's no body buried in the backyard. What are you talking about? Sir, we didn't ask you if there was a body buried in the... Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> the body could not be reached for comment. <laughs> An attorney general's office spokesman, and Paxton's campaign spokeswoman, didn't respond to requests for comment. Not no, surprising. Yeah. Yeah. State Senator Angela Paxton, his wife, who has included... The same message on her own reports, Uh, shockingly, could also be not reached for comment. (laughs) The Ethics Commission is barred from releasing the Paxton's home address in McKinney to the public. He provides that address to the agency annually. It's unclear, however, why the Paxton's wouldn't disclose the addresses of their own properties. Seems odd. The agency, which enforces campaign finance and political ethics laws, keeps the information on file to ensure transparency for voters and guard against conflicts of interest. Now, the Paxton's did include the properties, counties, zip codes, and acreage on the paperwork. Really interesting, just not the addresses. Now, one of the unknown addresses is likely that of an Austin home that the attorney general's former aides claim was remodeled by Nate Paul. One of the various perks, as you will, they said Paxton received in exchange for using his office to benefit Paul, a wealthy investor and campaign donor. Now the home, yep, which is in Terrytown neighborhood of Austin, was purchased by Paxton's in 2018. County records show that. Its appraised value in 2022 was nearly 1.7 million dollars. Now Such accusations have fueled the campaign of Texas Land Commissioners George P. Bush, who has used Ken Paxton's 2015 indictment on felony securities fraud charges and an FBI investigation of a complaint filed by the aides to argue that he's not fit for public office. Those would just be two of the fucking reasons. The other reason is he's not doing his damn job. Now, Paxton got the most votes in March primary, which is terrifying. And he and Bush are going head to head on May 24th runoff. So this is coming up. Early voting in the race began Monday. Texas, if you are listening, you have to make sure you pay attention to this election. In a statement to Hearst's newspaper, Bush also pointed out that Paxton, quote, is the only candidate on the ballot who failed to file his campaign finance report. That was due Monday. Interesting. Yep, went on to say he routinely breaks the law, snubs his nose at ethics, and embroils himself in scandal after scandal. Enough is enough. It's time to restore the integrity to the AG's office. It is indeed. Paxton also faces possible discipline from the Texas State Bar over his December 2020 suit before the U.S. Supreme Court seeking to overturn the results of the presidential election. Now, Texas wasn't even part of this, and Paxton was like, I want in. In a suit brought against his top litigator, the bar said the case was frivolous and included statements
0: known to be false. We know you're lying, asshole. hmm Yeah, and this is why Ted Cruz was just hit with his disbarment lawsuit. So. Which is beautiful. Because he signed on to that tragedy. All right. Speaking of lawsuits in the first lawsuit of its kind, two Democrats who served as Electoral College delegates from Wisconsin in 2020 have sued 10 Republicans who were on a fake slate of electors put forward from the state in an attempt to help Trump overturn his defeat. The lawsuit filed on Tuesday in a state circuit court in Madison, Wisconsin, asks a Dane County judge to prohibit the 10 Republicans from serving as presidential electors in the future. Fine each of them two thousand dollars and order each to pay up to $200,000 in damages to the Democratic electors. The suit also names as defendants James R. Troopas, a lawyer for the Trump campaign in Wisconsin, and Kenneth Cheesebro, a Massachusetts lawyer who wrote a key December 2020 memo on Mr. Troopas proposing the fake elector scheme. Remember Cheesebro? Oh, do. And Troopas? Yeah. Yep. They're also defendants. None of the defendants named responded to requests for comment on Tuesday. Quote, I don't know that you can put a price on trying to steal democracy, said one of the plaintiffs, Carrie Hennebaker, who is also a Democratic National Committee member from Wisconsin. There has to be some kind of penalty. It has to be something. There has to be pure accountability for this. We cannot have this happen again. There have been no criminal charges filed against any member of the seven slates of fake Republican electors who sought to overturn the election. Republicans in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, New Mexico, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin submitted themselves as the rightful Electoral College delegates in December 2020, even though Biden had been certified as the winner of those states. The Wisconsin lawsuit is the first attempt to enact civil penalties against any of the 84 Republicans who falsely presented themselves as legitimate electors. In January, Dana Nessel, who's the Democratic Attorney General of Michigan, said she had asked federal prosecutors to open a criminal investigation into 16 Republicans who presented themselves as the state's Electoral College electors, despite Biden's victory in Michigan. Now, just over a week later, Lisa Monaco, the U.S. deputy attorney general, said in an interview on CNN, the Justice Department is investigating the fake slates of electors that falsely declared Trump the winner of the seven battleground states narrowly carried by Biden in 2020. The federal investigation could take a year or more. Also, so you know, the Department of Justice has subpoenaed a bunch of people asking them about any information about the false slates of electors. The House committee investigating the January 6th attack has issued subpoenas for many of the fake electors too. a roster that in Wisconsin includes Robert Spindell, Jr., a member of the Wisconsin Elections Commission. And uh, just so you know, a lot of these electors, these fraudulent electors mm-hmm. turned up as plaintiffs in Sidney Powell's lawsuits, and they've been under criminal federal investigation, at least since last September. All right. Thank you. Thank you this last story, it's, it's bordering <laughs> on schadenfreude, but it's just, just kind of hilarious.
1: Tucker Carlson and his wife were looking to get their son a leg up in his college application to Georgetown University when they turned to a well-connected Washington friend who had an even better connected father. Quote, I realize you don't really know, Buckley. This is from Susie Carlson. She wrote that via email in 2014 to Hunter Biden, who is a Georgetown graduate and, of course, the son of then vice president, went on to say, maybe you could meet or speak to him. And he could send you a brief resume with his interests and grades attached? Now, Tucker Carlson offered that his son was a a good squash player. Like, are we talking about... Like what is the
0: woman's name who said that her kids were on the rowing team? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. talking about. I know exactly what Felicity Huffman. Think, yeah, and and you should be reading this in this voice. Tucker Carlson offered that his son was a good squash player. You got it. An here we excellent go. Excellent fly
1: fisherman. He was. He he loves Washington for all the right reasons. I think that was Carlson <laughs> when he added, and he went on to say, and really wants to go to school here. <laughs> now, when Biden agreed, Biden agreed. To write a letter of recommendation, Susie Carlson added a heap of praise. Tucker and I have the greatest respect and admiration for you. Always. This is to Hunter fucking Biden, everyone. The guy with the (laughs) laptop. You know what I'm talking about. That doesn't really exist. Anyway, I can't. I can't with these assholes. The Carlson's past uh, entreaties to Biden uh, may come as a surprise to many present day viewers of the Tucker Carlson (laughs) Tonight, which is a highly rated primetime Fox News show. Bullshit! I mean, crap show. On which the host has repeatedly, repeatedly ridiculed Biden for seeking to profit off his family connections <laughs> at a time for his history of personal troubles and drug use. Carlson goes after him constantly. Mm-hmm. Now the interactions reveal the extent to which Carlson was willing to turn on a former associate as he thrives in a hyperpartisan media world, which conservatives have made Hunter Biden a prime target for attack during his father's presidency. Now they also show how Carlson once sought to benefit from the elite political circles in Washington that he now regularly rails against as the, quote, ruling class. Carlson said, when your dad is president, you get superpowers. That's what he said in October of 2021 during a segment about Hunter Biden pursuing a new career as an artist. He went on to say, maybe Hunter Biden will invent a new vaccine next, uh, will be required to take. Who knows? You never know. The sky's the limit when your dad is in power. Now, some emails between Tucker Carlson and Hunter Biden saved on a device copied from a laptop that Biden reportedly left at Delaware computer repair shop in 2019 had been previously reported. Now, the Washington Post has verified many of those emails through a forensics analysis and corroborated additional messages, including the correspondence with Carlson's wife with a person familiar with the communications. Now, the illumination of this bider carlson relationship is one of the more unexpected chapters in this trove of correspondence included on the copy of the Biden laptop, much of which has been widely cited to document Biden's overseas business dealings during his father's time in office, as well as his personal travails. So a copy of the laptop, the hard drive, it was provided to the Post by Jack Maxey. Jack's an activist who received a copy from who? Rudy Giuliani in 2020. And that was at a time when Maxey was working with Stephen K. Bannon. You know, Steve Bannon and his, quote, War Room podcast. So two security experts who did a forensics analysis of the data at the request of the Washington Post were able to verify a portion of the emails as authentic communications. The emails cited in this report were either verified by the analysts or recently corroborated by a person familiar with communications.
0: I feel like we find out this shit all the time about these assholes. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting here is that the uh, and we've talked about this before when it came out, but the Post being able to verify a portion of the emails as authentic means that a portion of them were not correct. And I am under, I am one hundred percent certain that those emails were hacked, put on that laptop, and also put on that laptop were fraudulent or fake emails developed by Rudy Giuliani, Igor Fruman, Lev Parnas, mm-hmm. everyone at Fraud Guarantee, and funded by Dmitry Firtash, who is waiting for. Uh, extradition and who just did an interview with, I guess, CBS. And if there's anything interesting or of import in that interview with Furtash I'll let you know. But the Hunter Biden laptop is an op. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funded by Russian money. I am 100 percent convinced we will, I'm assuming, hopefully learn the truth. All right, everybody, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with the good news. So stick around. If- Hey, y'all, there was a long time when I couldn't get good sleep. It was difficult to fall asleep. I couldn't stay asleep. I had night sweats. I would toss and turn. I thought it might be stress or anxiety, but the problem was I was sleeping on a mattress made for somebody else. But Helix came to my rescue. Helix Sleep has an online two-minute sleep quiz that uh, matches you and your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for you in the way you sleep. People are unique. Helix knows that, so they have several different mattresses to choose from have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot like I do. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. And they even have a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. I took the Helix online sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I'm a side sleeper and I like a medium firm bed. And now I can fall asleep right away. I no longer toss and turn. I wake up feeling rested and refreshed. I'm not sore. My nights and mornings have been so much better since I started using my new Helix mattress. So if you're looking for a mattress, just go to helix.com dailybeans take the quiz, order the mattress they match you to, and the mattress will come right to your door, shipped for free, and you can start getting the best sleep of your life. Helix is amazing, but you don't have to take my word for it. As you know, they've got over 12,000 five-star reviews, and Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so it's convenient and easy, and they have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 sleeps, risk-free. And if you don't love it, you will, but if you don't, they'll pick it up for free, give you a full refund, so there's no risk. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners at HelixSleep.com slash Daily That's H-E-L-I-X Sleep.com slash Daily for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. And yes, I love my Helix Sleep mattress. I'm able to sleep through the entire night now without tossing and turning. I wake up feeling refreshed. So let me tell you how excited I was to learn that Helix has gone beyond the bedroom and started making sofas. They just launched a new company called All Form a while ago. They're making premium customizable sofas and chairs that are shipped right to your door, super fast, easy to put together, and they're amazing. It's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials, but at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. You pick your fabric, which is spill stain and scratch-resistant, the color, the leg finish, the sofa size, the configuration, and you can make sure it's perfect for you in your home. They have armchairs and loveseats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals, so there's something for everyone. And you can always start small and add seats on if your home grows or your family grows. I chose a three seater sofa in whiskey colored leather. It's got a walnut leg finish and a chaise lounge. It matches my decor in my living room, my mid mob vibe. Uh, the cats love it. It's spill stain and scratch resistant, and it's got a forever warranty literally forever. It's my favorite piece of furniture. Uh, All form sofas are delivered directly to your home, fast free shipping. In the past, if you wanted to order a sofa for a custom sofa, it would take months to get to you. But Allform just 3 to 7 days to arrive in the mail and you can assemble it yourself with no tools. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than 3 months and if you don't love it, just like the Helix mattress, they'll come and pick it up for free and give you a full refund. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com/dailybeans. And right now Allform is offering 20% off all orders for listeners at allform.com/dailybeans. All right, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news. Near. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news or corrections or confessions, anything you want to send us. Although, you know what? I'm thinking of starting a segment within the segment, Dana. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the movie Wine Country? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to get some feedback? Feedback, feedback. You want some feedback? Like, I want to play that clip. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for some feedback? You know, and then like maybe that's the corrections uh, part of this. So if you have a correction, Start listening hard and correct me because I just want to use that clip so that we can do if you have any feedback <laughs> for the Daily Beans. I'd like to have a little feedback section. I love feedback, as you know. Now, you can send whatever you want to send into us by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. My good news for the day is I made it into the Washington Post print edition today. Yes. So that's very cool. I wasn't quite sure, and now I'm sure I'm in the print edition with nice. my op-ed. So that is important to me because I need that story about how it will impact military readiness and, and active duty service members overturning Roe. I need that information to get out there, and I need people to uh, call up Chuck Schumer and say, put the Military Justice Improvement Act on the floor for a vote. All right. First up, from Matt pronouncing he and him. Hello, lovely ladies of the legumes. I have amazing news. I've accepted a new job and will be moving to St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands next month. Cool. Maybe you can find all of Manafort's money. (laughs) I'm beyond excited for the opportunity to help get a new resort established. Oh, dude, I love this. I helped open the Hard Rock Hotel here in San Diego and the Ivy. Nice. um, Which turned to the Andaz. That was my, you know, between getting out of the military and and going into uh, work for the government, I was in hotel restaurant management. So very cool. Matt goes on to say the property was abandoned in 89 after Hurricane Hugo destroyed it. And the new owner has spent the last two years renovating it. It's now 100% solar powered and off the grid and ready for guests. Incredible. I have found a company to help ship my doggo down with me. It's going to be very expensive, but totally worth it. I've included some pics of my fuzzy buddy, Dorje. The first pick is from a few years ago when he somehow fractured his front paw somehow. Uh-huh. and had to get a cast. So, of course, I dressed him up as a pirate to match his peg leg. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> hilarious. I love this guy. Look at his eyebrows and Matt, beard. Matt, this is so <gasps> cute. And look at his ears, the little tips of his ears with the little ho. Oh,
1: my God. He's adorable. Thank you for this. Good luck with that. That's exciting. All right. This is from Kristen. Pronounce she and her. Greetings, beans, queens, and leguminati. Dana, you are talented, witty, charming, compassionate, and lovely. A fearless ally. People probably think I'm making
0: this submission up right now. (laughs) 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 Don't worry. It's a correction. You're beautiful. You're very, very good looking. You're it, so smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just just know that I read a little bit ahead. I know this is a correction, but let me repeat. You're talented, witty, charming, compassionate, and lovely. A fearless ally and defender of LGBTQ rights. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you want to start that over? Did you no, no, I'm repeat? good now. Okay. Yep. I offer the teeniest... Of Tiny Corrections, and I'm open to it more than I've ever been after that introduction. Do you want to get some
0: feedback? Oh that
1: was good. May I offer you some feedback? <laughs> offer you some feedback. <laughs> <offer> you some, <laughs> feedback. some feedback. Ready for some feedback. feedback. Ready for some feedback. Feedback. Ready for some feedback. Yes, I do. <laughs> In your recounting of your photographer friend's subversive work creating photographs of saints, you used And I know that. Thank you for this. You use the word unbeknownst. Unbeknownst is pronounced with a long O as in no. And I said unbeknownst rather than an OW sound like now because I said unbeknownst to me. So I like this correction. That's it. That's my correction, and I'll joyfully listen to however you want to pronounce any word as long as you're both in my ears and heart. What, Kristen? I know. So it continues. Thank you so much, with deep gratitude to you and Dr. Gill for your clear look and delivery of the daily news with wit, sarcasm, encouragement, compassion, historical significance, and of course, so much swearing. Yeah. I almost put fuck in there, but she didn't, so that's good. So you much want some swearing.
0: Some fucking feedback,
1: <laughs> Allison. This one's for you. Thank you for your courageous, soul-bearing peace in the Washington Post and for all the great work you've done and are doing for veterans and for sexual assault survivors and for people who just want to maintain our fucking right to bodily autonomy. Mm, amen. Amen. Pod pet taxes included. First pick is Lily, our almost 10-year-old mini Aussie. She has had enough of my bullshit and would like to speak to the manager. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's hilarious because I just saw the picture. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Also attached is photos of one of our dozens upon dozens of neighborhood deer and of a Canada goose family with adorable fuzzy goslings. These are beautiful. I love this whole submission.
0: Yeah, she definitely wants to speak to a manager about you.
1: Oh, look at the babies. Oh, my God. And a deer. Kristen, thank you. I often pronounce words incorrectly, so I appreciate this. I I never mind a correction. (laughs) You got some feedback.
0: All right. Jesus Christ. I'm not going to let it go. I have been watching. (laughs) I have been watching that movie like nightly for like the past two weeks. I absolutely love it. If you haven't seen Wine Country, you have to see it. Yes. Next up from Meryl, no pronouns given. Thank you for your thoughtful, clear and spirited presentation of news and issues. Guests are great, too. I don't know when you sleep, AG. I don't either, Meryl, by the way. Yeah, it's rare. Next up from Ella Pronouns She and Her, Dear Beans family, I have been with the podcast since hearing AG on JVN's podcast a few years ago. Nice. That was such a fun day. I got to go to the studio and hang out with Jonathan Van Ness. It was awesome. And uh, Ella says, I have a request. I adored your interview with Jessica Denson. I found it very helpful to hear your perspective as a veteran. If it's possible, I was wondering if you could release a special episode of just the interview with a different title. My intention here is not to censor the title of the episode, which cracks me up. But I'd like to spread the conversation with loved ones who really need to learn from you and Jessica's conversation. Ah, thanks for all you do. Much love. What was the episode title? <laughs> we, I think we took it out of a, a good news story. It was, was it sh- huffing my whoobies
1: or something? Yeah, that might have yeah. been if it was the
0: same day. Yeah, I've done that sometimes. Like I'll, I'll have a very important guest on, and the episode will be called, you know, Dingleberry Suck or something, you know, and then yeah. it's like I, I can't discredit. Anyway, I totally get it. We are going to post the interview on our YouTube channel, so you can keep an eye out for that, and there won't be that title, whatever it is, attached to it.
1: Awesome. All right. This is from Jen Pronunci and her. Hi, Beanies. We recently had school board elections in New York. In our district, we had three right-wing nuts running against three incumbents. Moms for Liberty was in full force, backing two candidates in our district and many throughout the state. My good news is that three incumbents won. Yes, my eight, Yes. my 18-year-old stepdaughter even voted, and she got her friends to vote, too. She's energized nice. to vote in the midterms and has helped her friends register to vote. Hell yes. Oh, Less than nice. a year ago, she told me that she didn't think she would ever vote, but the attack on abortion and LGBTQ rights has lit a fire with her. That's awesome. <sighs> I'm glad she found something. For pod pet tax, here's Cody, a Belgian melon wall mm-hmm. <laughs> from last winter after a large snowfall. Look at the baby.
0: Hi, Cody. Yeah. Oh,
1: man. So good.
0: All right. Next up from JV. No pronouns given. Hello, ladies of the beans. My son and I have been listening to your pod for a couple of months now and enjoying you immensely, especially the lighthearted as possible, conveying the news and swearing. Thank you. Goodness knows the news these days deserves a shit ton of swearing. <laughs> yeah, it does. This is my first time writing a submission. You say to share whatever we want. So I'd like to share my crocheting with you. I've been crocheting for decades. The last two, I've been using beads in my thread doilies. The stars are my own creation, and I have given out so many over the years. I hope you enjoy them, too. Thank you so much for your podcast and your sharing of the good news. It warms my heart to hear you cooing over people's fur babies. Take care, ladies. <gasps> so pretty.
1: These are beautiful. I love how talented
0: folks I wonder are. where JV is from. I wonder where you're from, JV. Hmm. I bet we could find out easily on another submission. Because these remind me of like old New England. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, totally. I can see that. So beautiful.
1: All right. One more. Okay. This is from Emily, the mother of doggos, pronouns she and her. I'm trying to break the habit of procrastinating, sharing my good news. This message was originally intended as pet tax, but it became tribute when my special boy, Benny, was attacked, unprovoked by a neighbor's dog on our last walk together. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He crossed the Rainbow Bridge on January 17th, along with a piece of my heart. Mm -hmm. I held him as he crossed the bridge and kissed his little cheeks until he was gone. Benny was always a gift. I would say to my husband how lucky we were to have him. It was my greatest honor to take care of him. Mm -hmm. I actually made it my mission to keep my chihuahua from shivering during camping trips in the winter in the Northwest. This puppy loved me so much, he hiked up a little, um, do you know what that is? A little C with us? No. A little S-I? I'm not sure if it's a typo, everyone. I apologize. See, this I'm, pupper
0: loved me so much. He hiked up to Little Sire or Little C. With oh, us to Little monsoon. C
1: with us. Okay, got it. Little Sire or Little C with us through a monsoon like a champ. I carried him to warm him with love. There were so many ways Benny showed us love that he loved us. Lap time was all the time for Benny. He was lap on or lap adjacent for the entire two <laughs> and a half years we had him. He would look from lap and gaze at me all the time. He would walk in front of us on a walk and look back at me to make sure it's still me and that we were together. I was the only human in the whole universe to this special boy, my bestest boy. He stole my heart. I had trained him to nuzzle his nose and face on my chest and into my hair to mark me with a scent. And as his human, <clears throat> that one got me. I've been in therapy since the attack, which gave me the strength to endure the re-traumatization of filing a complaint with animal services. I did what I could to protect my neighbors from going through what I've experienced. It's also due to my continued work and therapy that we were able to adopt Lily, another love of my life. It turns out that I can love both Benny and Lily and that my love for one doesn't take away from the other. I have the opportunity to provide the best life for Lily that I possibly can, just as I did for my bestest boy. It's been better to love with my full fucking heart for every minute I get the chance. I have no regrets." Attached to the pictures my amazing friends collected to honor Benny's life, as well as some photos of Lily as pet tax. I've learned my lesson to share what I'm most proud of while I have the chance.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: This was such a beautiful submission, Emily. Thank you, and I'm so sorry. It's beautifully written, and look at the pictures. Benny's so sweet.
0: Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. They made this for you. <gasps> oh my God, the you. Benny cannot be physically without... He will live on in our hearts forever. Oh,
1: oh look at Lily, though. Look at this Lily. Oh.
0: Emily and Lily. I think the thing that touched me the most is that when you said that it turns out you can love both Benny and Lily and that your love for one doesn't take away from the other. Yeah. That's so beautiful and so true. Thank you so much for that submission, Emily. I'm so sorry about Benny, but Lily looks just absolutely wonderful. And... um I know that you'll give her all the love in the world. I love that. And if you guys have anything you want to send in, any stories, any pod pet pics, um, anything that you're making, any uh, feedback, you can send it uh, by going to <laughs> dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Dana, do you have anything you'd like to say before we uh, get I out of here for the week? I do for the week. I want people, if you happen to be in North Carolina's
1: 11th district, which is right now held by Madison Cothorn, which was just lost by Madison Cothorn. I want you to know the name Jasmine Beach Ferreira, and Reverend Jasmine Beach Ferreira, who's also a lesbian. She won her Democratic primary in that district by sixty percent of the vote. So please, if you are in Madison's district right now and you were fed up, didn't vote, I don't know, you want to get some people. I would love it. Would nothing would make me happier than to see a lesbian reverend take over Madison Cawthorn's seat? So please. That's just all I want to say. Pay attention to the election there and the midterms and see if we can get this incredible woman into Congress.
0: Oh, that would be amazing. So yeah, heads up, North Carolina. And um, we we appreciate you and we appreciate all the voters, everybody. I love that the uh, one of our... Um, listeners, stepdaughters at 18, got her a bunch of her friends to vote for, um, for school board. It's yeah. so important to our local elections. And so it's where it starts. And this specific
1: district has Asheville, North Carolina. And I know damn well there's a Ugh. bunch of lesbians in Asheville. <laughs> so let's get this
0: shit together, ladies. Let's make some magic. I love Asheville. There's a comedy festival there called Laugh Your Ash Off. And it's, it's a wonderful, beautiful town. Yep. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. This weekend, there's a lot of Mueller news, believe it or not, um, where the Fantasy Indictment League is going to be lit this Sunday on Mueller, she wrote. So tune into that. And then, of course, we've got uh, the second episode of uh, Ellie Mistal's book, Allow Me to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution. We're going to be going through the first couple of chapters of that on the MSW Book Club on Sunday. And then, Dana, you and I will be back on Monday for the beans. Yeah, sure. will. I'll be with you. Awesome. Everybody have a great weekend. Until we speak next, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health, and vote blue over Q and send in some feedback. I've been AG. (laughs) And I've been DG. And those the beans. (laughs) Feedback. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane